Hello and welcome to Minor X. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about movies released in 2023. I'm Angelo, and today I'm joined by Charlie, Maureen, and Michelle. So I think we're on agreement that the biggest movie event this year was Barbenheimer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The fabled Barbenheimer. Yes. Uh, did, did everyone here celebrate Barbenheimer? Not completely. Uh, Partially. Bar- the first half. half. The, uh, the, the, the barbin. The barbin. <laughs> Just the barb. Did anyone do the whole dress up in pink, go to the movie theater? <laughs> I did dress up in pink, yes. It was fun. It was a lot of, hi, Barbie, hi, Barbie, hi, Barbie. <laughs> the Pickwick, the local theater in uh, Park Ridge, uh, they did a really smart thing where um, they would alternate Barbie and Oppenheimer between like different times in the big theater. So like, you know, four o'clock, you finish Barbie and then uh, 30 minutes later, Oppenheimer starts and you can get like a dull ticket there. So right. yeah, I, I did that uh, Saturday. Yeah. Nice. It seems like a really time intensive use because how long is Oppenheimer? Like three and a half hours? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. That's too long without an intermission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I did Oppenheimer first. And then I cleanse the depressing gray color palette with the uh, happy-go-lucky pink. <laughs> so maybe it should be op and B. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, well, since everyone here has seen Barbie, uh, we should probably talk about that first. I think we're all in agreement it was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Barbie is life. It is fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think this is the first movie I've seen twice in a theater in a really long time oh, yes. that wasn't based on, like, a book that I liked or something like that. It was based on a previous IP, though, but clearly, like, they did something very different than it. You yeah. Know, it wasn't Barbie Horse Adventures. <laughs> no. Oh. It could have been, but, you know, I liked what they did with it, though. I thought it was really smart. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that Mattel sort of greenlit a script that's this critical and satirical about the company and the product that they make. I think that that's a really smart choice because it sort of opens it up to people who aren't like super Barbie fans. It opens it up to people who may be critical of Barbie or don't have a strong opinion about Barbie in the first place. I think that that's probably part of why it became this giant cultural phenomenon. Oh, yeah. I remember when they first announced it, and I don't know if I knew it was Greta Gerwig yet, Mm. but when I heard Barbie movie, I assumed that it was going to be, you know, like uh, something like Toy Story, Mm. the Mario movie. Definitely like for kids. Right. Something meant to sell toys uh, and maybe have a story as secondary. Yeah. Uh, And then I read the plot, and it was like Barbie gets kicked out of Barbie world and has to go to the real world. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, I absolutely want to see what they do with that. Then I saw Ryan Gosling in his Ken uniforms, and I'm just like, yeah, you sold me. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely took it in a different direction than all those other travel to another world and come back, like, completely different. And definitely more adult towards adults who grew up with Barbie. I mean, kids still enjoyed it, too, but it was nice that it wasn't just a dumbed-down version, you know, made for just kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't talk down. Yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. yeah. I was also like, I thought it was really cool with what they did because Barbie has such a really weird history. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ever want to look up a toy's history and be like, what, how <laughs> did this thing exist? Barbie would be the one to do it with because it's weird. There's no way getting around the weirdness. And I thought it was smart that they were allowed to be critical of it because, like, you should be kind of questioning, like, how did this doll exist? Mm-hmm. And why does she exist? But I think that was really good. But also, I think it was really smart because there's some very not hidden political commentary, too, yeah. <laughs> which I feel like was very obvious, especially with color palette changes that they made and just like the way that certain characters like have no role and then later have more of a role. I was like, yeah. ooh. 
yeah. let's get into the nitty gritty, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you mentioned like the more controversial Barbies <laughs> and, and Kens, yeah, oh, the, which make an appearance. Yeah, yeah. And they were all real Barbies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was... I feel like I learned a lot about the history of Barbie and Mattel just through hearing about things that were actual products and also uh, Rhea Perlman's turn as Barbie's creator. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Yes. Ruth Handler. I knew the background story. So when I saw Rita Perlman, I'm like, I know who that's going to be. And so now <laughs> she's like, hi, I'm Ruth. I'm like, oh, wow. They're really going into the whole story. So. Like, I think the first time I saw the movie and she says, hi, I'm Ruth, I started like crying because I was like, oh, she <laughs> did bring her in. Because it's always like, you don't ever talk about like the creator of things usually. They're usually like never in the thing. And then she was there. I was like, aw, she's there. Yeah. And then I explained that she named it after her daughter, which yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Ken was named after her son. Okay. Yeah. Who was Alan named after? <laughs> I think he's just a guy. I Alan's just Alan. He's just a guy. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Midge. Poor Midge. Poor Midge. Yeah. Well, it was funny because Midge was released before Ken was, and then Ken was released afterwards because they're like, oh, no, Barbie needs a boyfriend. <laughs> uh, not that it needed any more, like, amazing advertising, but I remember in the weeks following up to, like, the Barbie opening, uh, people were doing, like, uh, he's just Ken Facebook profile pics. Yeah. yeah. He's just Alan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I didn't manage to see it in the theater. I went to a theater and said, Two for Barbie at two thirty, and they said, "Nope, <laughs> not anymore." No, I, said, I, I just paid for parking, <laughs> and so I, I only watched it streaming last week. So it's it's pretty fresh oh, in my okay. mind. That's nice. But a lot of the jokes of the movie just became internet memes, and so I saw a lot of references to my job as beach, and I thought, "Oh, that's just a joke about the Beach Boys." Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, yes. Because that's where I go on the internet. Meme accounts about Brian Wilson. But <laughs> the uh, theater-going experience for this movie was a lot of fun. It was like going to like a concert. People just yeah. yelling, yelling at the screen, especially you know the weekend at open. Uh, right. Yeah. I, remember, I remember seeing a lot of people coming out of the theater yeah. dressed in, in like turquoises and pinks and yeah. pastels and thinking like, yeah. that looks like a lot of fun. There's yeah. a, there's Too bad a, I can't go. There's this one scene. I think her actress's name is America. Mm. America uh, Ferrera. Yeah. yeah. Um, she gives like a big speech just about like womanhood, and yeah. some of the crowd goes, "Yes, Queen." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then yeah, everyone's like cheering and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> so I sometimes complain about the movie going experience, but I mean, like this one, like it came back to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like the solidarity of being in the movie yeah, theater because yeah, yeah. I, I usually don't go to movie theaters right when they come out, but I had to see it opening day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just seeing everybody in pink be like, hi, Barbie, hi, Barbie. And then like, you know, at those moments, like when like you're, you can hear other people like trying to stifle in cries or sobs yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel you. Um, and I also liked how you were talking about the movie posters with Ken. I liked how in the film they turned the I'm just Ken around <laughs> and it, it takes a whole different meaning at the end of the movie yeah. as compared to what you think of on the posters. Yeah. Well, I think Spotify Wrapped comes out tomorrow and I'm guessing that the song I'm just Ken is going to be in my top 10 most played songs yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, that soundtrack was a banger. <laughs> yeah. Star studded and it's almost like a musical. I definitely got that uh, feeling of it being a musical, especially, uh, I mean, the opening scene. With Lizzo as the, like, omniscient yeah, narrator. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lizzo's just, like, narrating it, and, like, uh, the events that are happening on screen are reflected in the song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's part of the charm of it, because, like, it wasn't just another movie either. It felt, at times, like you're watching, like, a play, and sometimes it had more, like, of a musical tilt to it, which I think 
made it more fun. And also, can we talk about this was the most colorful movie for adults I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> yeah, like super it was stylized. It yeah. was, and I read this article where the set designer had to buy a Barbie mansion because she said, "I never had one growing up as a kid, and I never had a Barbie either." But she's like, then I had to buy one just for like set design research. I was like, oh, <laughs> so that's why like a lot of them were based on. Things that you could find as like Barbie houses, but there are none like specifically that were just Barbie houses. Mm. But they're cool. Is a Mojo Dojo Casa house is that a real product? <laughs> it I mean, is unfortunately <sighs> not, but I really hope Mattel <laughs> decides to build Ken his own Mojo Dojo Casa uh, house because I'm, that's all my nieces were talking about. They're like, oh my gosh, I want to make one. So like my one niece, she made a Barbie house. My other niece with stuff around the house. She made a Mojo Dojo Casa house. And I'm like, I think Mattel needs to get on this. Well, considering how they are releasing a weird Barbie, yeah. which they didn't release originally. Yeah. And I think because she became like a fan favorite that they didn't plan on. So they, they hopefully they should. I mean, listen, the Barbie collectors will buy the Mojo Dojo Casa house because all just like the Barbie movie Barbies are all sold out. Yeah. They yeah. sold out instantly almost. Yes. Yeah, it was hard. To, I got like two of them, and I wanted all of them. But I, I only got two. Like all the others you were sold have out. Two? I have the one, the main pink one. Oh. And then I have Ken um, in his uh, denim outfit. But yeah. I know. I was really sad because their wardrobe with all the outfits just sold out. I was like, that's yeah. what I want. I, I don't know why Mattel needs to just make more of those. Cause You're leaving money on the table, Mattel. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if we ever went to the Barbie um, convention, maybe there. Yeah. <laughs> When I was leaving uh, the theater, the cynical side of me took over, and I was like, I wonder how long it's going to take to announce a Mattel Cinematic Universe. Oh. <laughs> they're, well, they're doing it, though, because there's going to be a Hot Wheels movie. Oh, really? But does it take place in the same universe as Barbie? Oh. I don't know, but you know what? That would be awesome, though, right? <laughs> I want Barbie cars to get a lot cooler, like the Hot Wheels is all I'm saying. Because <laughs> well, I'm just imagining, like, this Barbie movie, like, definitely stands on its own. It's not like the first Iron Man. It, it doesn't end with uh, Nick Fury coming in and being like, we're going to start uh, the Avengers Initiative. <laughs> what I'm like, is the Hot Wheels movie going to be, you know, a PG-13 satire? <laughs> I don't know, but that would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. A PG-13 satire of Hot Wheels exists, and it's called the Fast and the Furious <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I was going to say, like, isn't that the whole point of that movie franchise? It's Hot Wheels, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Was there any other comments about uh, Barbie? Obviously, I think we're on agreement. Definitely recommend it. Rent it from the library if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Also, get the soundtrack because yes. you're going to oh, want to yeah. dance to the soundtrack. Yeah. You're going to want to dance to Dance the Night. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. The fact that that song is on the radio every now and then, I'm like, yes, this is the best day ever. <laughs> think that and Billie Eilish's song uh yeah those are both on uh Grammy's best song of the year yeah nice nice yeah. nice nice so. not just best original song for a movie but just best song yeah, full stop yeah. wow so. nice uh, two competing Barbie songs in, in wow. best song category All right. yeah it's Go gonna hard. be epic <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be your choice I kind of really like Dua Lipa's song, if I'm going to be honest. I don't know. It's just catchy, and you're dancing to it, and it's great. Yeah, I guess if I had to pick between the two, I'd say Dua Lipa's dancing. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Billie Eilish song brings the feels. That's my vote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's going to win, and if I had to choose between the two, I would still go with uh, Dua Lipa's, uh, <laughs> but I mean, if I feel like I'm just Ken should be in that category. <laughs> oh, of course. 
yeah. When that happened, without giving too much of that scene away, yeah. a dance. A dance montage, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. My friend wooed. <laughs> he, like, got up out of his chair. <laughs> like, it was like a live concert or something nice. like that, yeah. <laughs> the other half of Barbenheimer is, of course, Oppenheimer. I think I'm the only one here who has seen it. Uh, before I, right. yes. before yeah. I, I talk too much about it, I'm just curious, uh, did it just not appeal to a- anyone here? I was just so excited for Barbie that like, <laughs> I didn't even give Oppenheimer a second thought. I was like, I've seen Barbie, and we'll maybe see about Oppenheimer. Oh. And it just never happened. <laughs> You know, I just want them to bring back the good times in movie theaters when if a movie was over two hours, you got an intermission, so then you could go use the bathroom, go grab a snack, and you would continue watching the movie. And I feel like Oppenheimer needs one if it was going to have one. That's why I'm waiting until like it's like either on like DVD or I can stream it and then I can just watch it mm-hmm. at home. I'm waiting until it comes out on two VHS tapes, like Dances with Wolves or Braveheart. Oh, yes, <laughs> or Titanic. Yes, yes, Titanic. Because <laughs> that's got a built-in intermission. No, I, I do yeah. think that trying to find the three hours free to get into the headspace for it, oh. that, that's sometimes difficult. But I, I will eventually see it. Yeah. Uh, so no spoilers. Yeah. Well, it's a sad movie is also the other thing, which mm. is like, it's cool that people did Barbenheimer, because I'm like, how would that pair? You would have to see Barbie last, I feel like. Oh, definitely. Right. If you saw yeah. Oppenheimer after Barbie, I feel like that would be the mistake. Right. Mm. Big time. Since I'm the only one here that has seen it, I won't get too far into the details of the movie, uh, but I do want to say your comment that it's over two hours long. It does not feel that way. This is a very fast-paced, surprisingly energetic movie. The sound design is insane. Uh, I went to the Pickwick, so I didn't see it in IMAX. But I, I hear like the people that I know that have went to go see that, they were like, that's one of the craziest movie-going experiences. The, the scene in particular, um, I mean, this is a known thing, like months before the movie was even premiered, but uh, they have the Trinity test when they test the nuclear uh, bomb in uh, the deserts of New Mexico. That is, it's not a real atomic explosion, but it is a real explosion. It's the biggest explosion uh, made for a movie and mm. recorded. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Christopher Nolan's a you know crazy person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, it goes over, like, his whole life, and uh, uh, so it uses a lot of, like, aging makeup, but it's, like, totally unnoticeable. Yeah. Because mm. I know there's a Oppenheimer um, biography that was released this year, too, and I know that's been very popular. Yes. Oh, Probably because um, of the movie. I think you're talking about American Prometheus. Yes. Uh, that's actually from uh, 2006, but it did get a second revision mm. in preparation for the movie. The first time I watched Oppenheimer, I liked it, but I, I'll admit, it was confusing. <laughs> it's very fast-paced. There's hundreds of characters. I think I read somewhere. It's one of the most, like, the cast has some of the most Wikipedia articles about each individual person. Oh, wow. no. <laughs> oh, no. That's also why I'm like, oh, over 100 characters? Goodbye. Um, the, a lot of the times when I watch a movie and it's, like, a very star-studded cast, I do get kind of annoyed seeing the same actor over and over again in the same thing. But this one, I enjoyed how star-studded it was because I never got the names of certain characters. There's tons of scientists that worked on this project. So I was able to say, like, oh, that actor, basically. And some of these actors I haven't seen in years. Uh, Josh Peck from Breaking Josh is in <laughs> oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. 
He's actually he's, he's the one that presses the button to, to launch it. <laughs> this wasn't the same experience as Barbie. There's no audience members talking or anything like that. There's no one dressing as scientists. No. Oh, <laughs> I want to be like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I saw a few like uh, browning grays and fedoras and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to be like, Megan, where's the detonator? <laughs> like, um, the thing I wanted to say is that. Uh, well, I did like it. I said I, I did find it confusing, and uh, there was times where um, it was hard to get the names of certain characters. The audio design is like very in your face. Mm-hmm. I think Nolan has used Hans Zimmer uh, oh, in yeah. the past, and the music sometimes is like so loud that you just like couldn't hear what the characters were saying, mm-hmm. which is kind of a criticism. Yeah. Um, but it did just come out on DVD. And it's, to me, a much better experience watching on DVD uh, in the comfort mm-hmm. of your own home with subtitles on, mm-hmm. and you can pause it to go use the restroom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's not an endurance test. Yeah. So I definitely recommend it. But, uh, yeah, rent it from the library. We have uh, many 4K copies, so if you have a 4K player, that's absolutely the way to do it. Yeah. Nice. I know there was a TV series that was about the making of the atomic bomb, and I saw that. I don't remember what it's called anymore, but I wonder if that also has Oppenheimer in it or not. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, if it's about the atomic bomb. He's the father of it, yeah. Which uh, I didn't know going into that. (laughs) I I wanted to say Roswell, but that's not right at all. Um, Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. But, yeah, it's a TV series about it, and it's probably a different cast of characters, but, yeah. Uh, really, I didn't know any of the history going into this movie okay. uh, for the most part. Uh, and that's another reason that the second watch through was even better because you have a better grasp. And the other thing, too, like every character in this movie was very, like, great. There wasn't no, like, straight up evil. I mean, it's based on a real historical event. Uh, so it's more like these ideologies that are just competing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Robert Downey Jr., I guess you can call him the antagonist, the villain of the movie. But on my second watch through, I tried to like um, think about more why he hated Oppenheimer and maybe like saw his side more. So hmm. definitely a very morality character story. So nice. Um, so we talked about the big one, Oppenheimer. But I was curious if there was any other movies uh, from 2023 you would like to recommend to patrons. Well, the Super Mario Brothers movie was really cute. Um, <laughs> for any fans who play Nintendo or Mario, there's a lot of little Easter eggs in there. And I'm a big fan of Princess Peach, and she has a nice big role in the film. Nice. Um, So that's a cute film for the whole family. Nice. We've talked about all the soundtracks, the amazing soundtrack of Barbie and the Hans Zimmer-esque noise of Oppenheimer. (laughs) But uh, I think my favorite song that originated from a movie this year was... uh, Is it Peaches? Is Peaches. Peaches. (laughs) The Jack Black. Jack Jack Black, yeah. Ode to Princess Peach, yeah. Yes, that is very good. Uh, I also highly recommend that movie. Uh, that's another thing where I think people are, were just so uh, tired of the uh, pandemic that stuff like the Mario movie and Barbie really brought out like that, uh, well, I think you said solidarity. Um, yeah. So when I went to go see Mario in theaters, tons of people were dressed up as Mario characters oh, as well. Nice. Yeah. nice. Uh, another movie uh, I recommend. Uh, it's probably good that we're following up Oppenheim- the very sad, depressing Oppenheimer with these, with these good ones, <laughs> uh, these uh, family-friendly ones. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I feel like every year since 2014, I'm just like, I'm sick of superhero stuff. No, no more Marvel. Uh, and then they'll just like release one of the best ones in the series. And uh, to me, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably my favorite superhero team. And the third one's probably my favorite 
it's definitely like tied with the first Iron Man as my favorite Marvel movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite Marvel series too. Um, I did like the third one. I don't think it would be my favorite, just because there are kind of some more sad or oh, okay. more um, touching moments to it. It was still a good movie. I would still recommend it. It kind of rounds out the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy pretty nicely. Oh yeah, big time. I think Sean Gunn is the director of the Guardians. Yeah, um, he's. He's leaving. going. He's going. Yeah. He's leaving for. Uh, Was it DC? Or? Yeah, to yeah. reboot the entire DC universe. Okay. And uh, actually, you know, make a plan. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to see what he does. I mean, uh, uh, his Suicide Squad and Peacemaker was really good too. Okay. So, yeah. And one I saw that I really liked was the Indiana Jones movie because it's Harrison Ford's last like hurrah as Indiana Jones. But I thought it was a really touching like tribute because you want a movie with Easter eggs. That's the movie yeah. for you because it's like scenes from like all of them they kind of brought back for like this one. And it was just a really nice tribute to this franchise that's been around for a really long time. How does it compare to uh, Crystal Skull? <laughs> oh, it's it's way better, and okay, I liked good. how they make fun of Crystal Skull a little oh, bit do. in oh, this one because they're like. Oh, these people and their weird things we have to go around finding. Like, they, they kind of, like, make fun of the fact that that was, like, the one everyone hated the most. Okay. Um, which I appreciated because, yeah. Does, uh, does Shia LaBeouf come back? <laughs> I won't give it anything away, but no. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, actually, how they get around that is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad they were... Uh, I like it when movies are self-referential about, like, oh, yeah. something that didn't do as well. So yeah. that's... That's yeah. nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another family-friendly movie um, that came out earlier this year was The Little Mermaid uh, live-action remake. And that one I enjoyed. It follows the animated movie pretty closely, unlike some of the other um, Disney live-action films, which is both good and bad. I think mm. it's nice that they stuck with the story, but at the same time you'd like to see a couple of things more expanded upon. Yeah. But it's it's just like a lot of the other ones we've been talking about. It's very colorful, Love the costumes. It's got a great soundtrack, of course. It's <laughs> Disney's. And it has, just like Indiana Jones, it's got a couple of little Easter eggs from the mm-hmm. animated film. Nice. I, yeah. I think of all the live-action Disney remakes, that's my favorite. Yeah. A Little Mermaid? A Little Mermaid, Okay. Yeah. I think the casting for Ursula. <laughs> Spot yeah. On, yeah. Everyone in the movie was really good, too. Who played uh, Poseidon? He, oh, he's, um, he's a famous Javier yeah, um, Bardeem or something like that. Bardeem, yeah. yeah, he was pretty good too. How did you feel about the addition of Scuttlebutt? <laughs> um, I mean, it was okay, but uh, I kind of like the animated Scuttlebutt. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. that's just you know because I grew up with the animated, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas maybe if I was little and grew up with the live action, that might be a different story. Uh, and uh, I think they brought some of the songs from the. Uh, Broadway show, right? Yeah, I haven't seen the Broadway show, so I don't know, but I think they did try to incorporate a couple of those songs. So it definitely expands on the characters more. Uh, in particular, Prince Eric. Yes. Who has a much more expansive story in this one. Yeah, yeah you realize that they're both kind of hoarders in a way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how romantic. There's nothing more romantic than two hoarders getting together, isn't it? <laughs> So it got lots of really good uh, musical ones uh, yeah. this year. It came out near the end of the year, and I think it's a good send-off to all the music that came out with the Taylor Swift concert. And that's another one that people would just like. I saw theaters where they got rid of the seats so people could just dance in the... Uh, oh, yeah, the that would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, would be, again, another long movie, but it's also a concert, so are we mad? No. 
it, you know, it did not feel like it was three hours. I went, um, it wasn't the opening day, I don't think. It was like the next day or second day that I saw it. And our theater had chairs, so we had to sit. But it was it was still fun to sit and dance, and it was so loud because people were like, oh, you know, is it going to be, we can still hear it if people are screaming or, you know, so you, know, you right. could still hear her clearly, even Good. though I was screaming my lungs out. So that was really fun. And I um, didn't get to see your actual live concert. I'm sure most people didn't. Yes. I mean, who has $20,000 for a concert ticket? That's totally us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was really enjoyable, you know, being able to see it close up and all the costumes and the set changes. And I mean, I'm a Taylor Swift fan, but I'm not like the biggest Taylor Swift fan, but I enjoyed the whole thing. And it certainly mm-hmm. did not feel like three hours. Good. Well, I'm not a Swifty either, but I have to say... Uh, at one of uh, these events that uh, Sarah uh, hosted recently, she played the new album. What's it called again? Midnight. Midnight. Oh. And uh, I was listening, and I was like, hey, this is actually really good. Who is this? And she said, Taylor Swift. And I was like, mind blown. I was like, oh, uh, this does not sound like how I imagined Taylor Swift to be. Yeah. She has all of her different eras, which is why it's called Eras Tour. Yeah. Which is yeah. such a smart way, because I'm sure that it was the design of the Eras Tour was just because there was a pandemic and she's got like three or four albums that haven't been toured. Mm-hmm. So it's a really smart way of giving all of those equal weight. But I've also read that, you know, a lot of people are kind of taking the era's concept as a very personal thing, because I think most people kind of think about what they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago is like that. That's just juvenile and, you know, something I'm embarrassed about. But I think that the era's tour is kind of giving people permission to, think about their own life in terms of what were you doing in 2015? What were you doing in 2020? And that's so cool. And also it helps that Taylor Swift is re-releasing a lot of her older albums with like Mm -hmm. the Taylor version because she's trying to get control over her music because the person who like has all her masters is like trying to just make money off of her. And she's like, no. So she's taking her power back by releasing all these new albums but they're really old albums. So I think Eras helps too. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want the new song from the old album? Here you go. Right. <laughs> I think this goes without saying, but I read that it's the most successful concert film. It is. Of all yes. Time. Yes. yes. I think like the previous biggest grossing concert film was Justin Bieber, who made like $90 million. And I think that that's what the Taylor Swift movie made in its first weekend. Yeah, Yeah. it was a packed theater. Yeah. Yeah. But also, she just has, like, appeal across generations because there's, like, seven-year-olds who listen to her music. There's, like, people in their 80s who listen to Taylor Swift. So she has a wide range of fans. I haven't actually seen the film, but I've probably watched about three and a half hours of just audience-shot films on TikTok. (laughs) And they're so easy to spot right away because... There is no sound on earth like a stadium full of people singing the same song. It's such a... You, you don't hear it very often because, you know, not every concert, everyone's singing along with every word. But it's almost eerie that, like, no one's missing a word. No one's missing a note. Mm-hmm. It, it's audible how popular she is. <laughs> I'm just imagining the theater next door. People oh. are trying to watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> and they're like, why are these kids being so loud with their Taylor Swift? I mean, with Taylor Swift, we come to like with Barbie and a little bit with Oppenheimer yeah. and even Super Mario. Is, I like how it seems like movie theaters this year, kind of after the pandemic, kind of being in the theater with other people. Yeah, yeah. has just being there has just kind of brought people together. Like they're all in for the same thing. They all are like you know, kind of more solidarity or like more common ground, which is something 
these past years have kind of been lacking. So it's nice yeah. to get that like personal experience and kind of camaraderie. Like, yeah. hey, you like this movie too, or oh, you like Taylor Swift. So it's nice to see that. Well, again. there's already been multiple times this year where people are trying to uh, do another Barbenheimer thing. I remember uh, Paw Patrol and Saw came out on the same oh, day. Oh, no. <laughs> so they were like Saw, Saw Patrol. Saw Patrol. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then uh, Taylor Swift's concert came out on the same day. Oh, as uh, The Exorcist. Uh, oh, extra okay. swift, I think, is the uh, is the <laughs> error. It's also that. not going to happen because you're going to be at that movie theater for like eight hours. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> oh yeah, the, another movie I saw that a lot of people haven't seen, but it was really fantastic. Was called Air, and it's a story about how Michael Jordan's Air Jordans became shoes at Nike. If you want to know like a really fascinating history. Of, like, shoes. I, like, I went to this movie and I was like, I like Michael Jordan. I grew up watching him play basketball. But I was like, do I care about these shoes thing? And then it got such great reviews and it has such great cast. I was like, all right, I'll go see it. And it was phenomenal. It should be nominated for something if it isn't already. And it's really about, like, the business of building a business, but also the importance of being able to make a profit from having a company who wants to profit off of your image specifically. And I think that was probably what was so epic about that whole movie was just like the business deal at the end where they're like, oh, yeah, Michael Jordan will give you 10% of your all Nike shoe sales with your image on it, which was revolutionary at the time. And that's how he's become like a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really, really good. I usually hate sports movies, but because it's less about the sport and more about like the culture of sports and then also just about like how fashion and culture and, like, sports also meet up in a weird way, which you don't normally think about. So that was fun. Is there, is there a particular reason you just wanted to see this one? Well, like, my whole family was going to go see it, and oh, I was okay. like, yeah, we should all go see this movie because we all remember when Michael Jordan was playing in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And I also work where his old mansion lives, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm like, uh, I have to go see this. <laughs> I, I noticed a, a weird trend in uh, movies that came out this year, uh, movies based on products. Not yes. like movies based on, like, books or something, but, like, yeah. I mean, Barbie. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbie and Air, but the other one, uh, and I haven't seen either of these, but uh, Blackberry, based on the Blackberry phone. Yeah, <laughs> and I then uh, there's one based on uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. It's based on this like myth about how this one, uh, like Janitor, was the real creator of Flaming Hot Cheetos. Oh, yeah. oh I did hear. Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> I also think it's interesting that all of these movies, like Barbie and like, Air are trying to kind of appeal to millennials, especially the slightly older millennials who are like closer to 40 than to their like 30s. And I think that's very smart because we're like the biggest generation who is going to go to the movies now. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what else is going to be popping up. Mm-hmm. Apart from just endless sequels and reboots. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I know that's kind of a drum that I beat often on this podcast, it feels like, but. I was looking on Wikipedia and I found this list of actually real movies that came out this year, like sequels, remakes, and reboots. So 2023 saw new Ant-Man, Aquaman, Book Club, Detective Knight, Children of the Corn, Chicken Run, The Equalizer, The Expendables, The Exorcist, Evil Dead, The Fast and the Furious, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Hunger Games, Indiana Jones, Insidious, John Wick, The Little Mermaid, Magic Mike, Mission Impossible, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Saw, Scream, Shazam, The Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Spy Kids, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teen Wolf, The Transformers, and White Men Can't Jump. 
And I'm like, is there nothing new anymore? <laughs> well, and this is the other thing that makes me so mad because, like, I know anecdotally that it's hard to make a movie, especially now, because you have to kind of sell so much to mm-hmm. make it worthwhile. But I feel like there's so many really good independent, like, filmmakers who yeah. are dying for a chance to get their art shown. And instead we get, like, the next generation of, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is great, but yeah. it's also, like... How much more are you going to be able to really do this? Like, right. at some point, we're all going to be exhausted from it. Yeah. I mean, I think that reboot burnout is real. It's nice to have it if it's, you know, rebooting it for a new generation that isn't familiar with the old intellectual property. It definitely gets dispiriting to see these multi-million dollar box office runs of movies that they're already out. This movie's been out for 30 years. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt about The Exorcist, mm. uh, which is one thing I watched, but I do not recommend. Yes. <laughs> I, I hear that it's it, it, it was, controversially bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was like the same plot again. Mm. And, I mean, Exorcist does have sequels, but they're very different each time. Mm. Uh, this one is literally just Exorcist 1, but more. So they're like, <laughs> oh, well, uh, a little girl got possessed in the first one. What about two little girls? That's literally what the plot is. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Um, yeah, if you're not going to add anything, I, I felt that with like the new Pet Cemetery or Children of no, the Corn, it's like these movies have already been made, people. <laughs> what do you mean? They got the funding to do it, so they're going to go make it, and then they're going to make two dollars off of it. But hey, they made it. Yeah. Did you want to talk about Haunted Mansion at all? Oh yeah, I did see the Haunted Mansion reboot. Speaking of reboots, but this one I thought was like. <laughs> Kind of like a smart one because they're making fun of people who like, oh, ghosts aren't real. And then they make fun of ghost hunters at the same time. I also loved Tiffany Haddish as like this one fortune teller that they bring in because they're desperate. They're like, we're in trouble. Help. And she's like, well, first of all, I have to go charge my crystals and I'll be back with you momentarily. And you're just like, of all the things to say when you're in a a really scary haunted mansion, that's not the thing I expected. But (laughs) she was great. It was a surprisingly good good reboot of a thing that I saw. I saw the original Haunted Mansion movie. I liked that one a lot. I think this one's good too, but just very different. Um, And it feels more like they base it off of like the Haunted Mansion ride from Disney, which I actually appreciate because I'm like, oh yes, this scene is exactly like if you were going to enter the Haunted Mansion at the park. So I was like, okay, I like this. Because the original one was nothing like the ride, but very loosely named after it. I was like, huh. So it was good. You know, it's on Disney Plus, so you don't have to go anywhere to see it. <laughs> very nice. Is, is it like a family-friendly movie? I mean, it's on Disney Plus, so yes, <laughs> it would be very oh, family-friendly. Okay. I, I mean, I think I saw. Is it PG thirteen? Like, can little kids? It watch? is extremely PG thirteen. Oh, oh okay. um, I would say like the scariest thing about this whole thing was oh, the okay. awful wigs that they made um, Rosario <laughs> Dawson wear. I was like, why didn't you just get her a proper hairstylist and said no? You give her this terrible wig that doesn't look good. I was appalled, but that was the most appalling thing about this whole movie, to be fair. I'm also, like, a weirdo who's like, this isn't scary because, like, I'm old, but also, like, I know a lot of the Disney tricks they try to pull. I'm like, mmm, try again. Try something (laughs) a little different. Mm." (laughs) Mmm. We talked a lot about the uh, the movies that came out already, um, but is there any uh, movies in the next few months that are coming out that you're excited for? Well, there's two that have just come out, but I'd be interested to see. The new one is Disney's Wish. 
Yes. Apparently, oh. I've heard there's like a lot of Easter eggs. Like if you're a big Disney fan, that you'll catch. Yeah, it's Disney's 100th anniversary yeah. this year, and I think that's part of the reason they made that movie in particular. Right. Yeah. The whole yes. Wish Upon a Star, and then the other one is I want to see Napoleon, mm. kind of like oh, that old yeah. sort of like historical epic movie. Yeah. I also want to see Wish. It's Ariana Dubose is the lead. I'm like she'll be fantastic. I need to see this many times. <laughs> I think that's all I know about because I'm like I haven't heard of anything else. I'm like that one sounds good though. The only other movie that I know that's coming soon is the Beyonce concert film. Oh, yeah. Which, the right. Yeah, which is also probably going to be one of the highest grossing concert films. Yeah. But otherwise, it's like all the actors and writers were just on strike. Are there going to be movies in the near future? Well, and that was the thing, too. A lot from the fall was like pushed back and or canceled because of the strike. So we might get that backlog coming in January. And I mm. think that's probably why there's less coming attraction trailers and it's like what is going to be released yeah so there's lots of questions we still have to answer yeah definitely you're like you're saying it was pushed back i think dune part two was pushed back and then what's that other one it's um yeah it's with ryan gosling he's like a stunt man or something that's supposed to be like a comedy it's not ken the movie is it (laughs) no that's that's literally all that's all i can think of now i'm like is it ken the movie this sounds like drive but that's probably not that no no i was it called Fall Guy, maybe? Or? Oh, okay. That does oh, sound Ryan, vaguely Ryan, familiar. Uh, is it Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, no, it's it, Ryan it, Gosling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Reynolds doesn't do anything. He just, you know, has a he has phone, his own phone company. company. Yeah. <laughs> what does he need to do? Nothing. Um, the one movie that I'm excited to watch like, that has come out as well, but it just hasn't been released on DVD yet, is uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. I foolishly bought a, a month subscription to uh, Apple TV Plus last night, thinking it was on there already. Uh, and then it was like coming soon, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I, I should have just waited for it to come on DVD and rent it from the library, like a true librarian." <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah. Final question, I guess. Besides Barbie, because we're all going to pick that one. What's like the one movie that you would recommend that a patron gets out of all the ones that we just talked about today? We can't pick Barbie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if we can't pick Barbie, you should definitely watch Air, because I really think that it's one of those movies that people probably passed up, but it's definitely worth a watch. Other than Barbie, I guess I would say the Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay, well, that was my pick, but uh, since I said already, I'm going to choose Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I think. Yeah, once again, like, good send-off to the franchise. Mm -hmm. I guess you do have to have some knowledge of what happens in between, like, two and three, but they recap that in quick comments, yeah. Yeah. The Ears movie is coming to streaming on Taylor's birthday in December, so (laughs) make your watch party plans now. Actually, since they're both going to be on streaming, maybe I'll do a double feature of the Eras tour in Oppenheimer and call it Swiftenheimer. Ooh. <laughs> now that would be Oppenheimer's, what, almost three hours? Yeah. And Taylor Swift is over three hours, so you're looking at like six, that, that's a full day. six plus hours. Yeah. <laughs> no pausing. Yeah. <laughs> what you could do is have them next to each other playing at the same time on, on different screens. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, at least you could have your dinner while you watch Oppenheimer. So if you watch the Taylor Swift one first, then you would just be dancing and then be ready for your dinner. Perfect. Yeah, Excellent. but Taylor Swift is a little bit more uplifting, though. Right. So do you want to end ah, on... Ah, this, yeah. this is a struggle. Oppen Taylor. Oppen Taylor. There we go. Yeah. Oppen Taylor. I bet studios are, like, rushing to plan out double features. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, completely, like, contrasting ones, too, for next year. Mm. 
this Frozen three coming out? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> they said they did announce that they're going to yeah, make at least make it, four but more, but four more. Well, three and four, I should say. Oh my! And I was like, I don't want them. I didn't like two. I would be fine with no more Frozen. The first one was the best. Well, they also talked about maybe another Toy Story. No, <laughs> no, I didn't see Toy Story five, and I probably won't because they're just going to keep making those movies into Infinity and Beyond. <laughs> They need to do, like, Frozen and Evil Dead on the same day. <laughs> For all the kids, I want to see both. <laughs> all the kids in their 30s, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, thank you uh, for joining us today. You can rent, uh, I think, all of these from the library right now. Oh, uh, Taylor Swift is not on DVD yet. No. Uh, soon. Hopefully soon, yes. Uh, so until next time. Bye.